Ask us your questions. We'll give you our answers. It's Schmanners. Welcome to a very special episode. I'm your uh, husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Uh, We wanted to try something different this week for a lot of reasons. One of them, uh, not the least of which, would be that we've been traveling a lot. And I'm about to be traveling again. And we wanted to bring you the highest quality episode we could on short notice. Uh, And we thought, you know what we haven't done, but we've talked about doing a lot. Kind of an etiquette catch-all where we sit there and go, well, I'm sure people have questions that don't fit into the topics we've discussed before, so why don't we do just, like, an all-questions episode? I'm game. I know you are, Teresa, and I hope so, because we discussed it before we started recording, (laughs) and if now is the time that you decided to tell me you didn't want to do this idea, uh, I don't know what the solution would be. I thought I was following the conceit. Oh, what was the conceit? Oh, that we just decided? Like, this very second? Yes, that's it. You know what? I'm going to start over. So we just had this idea. (laughs) It just came to me. From my acting training, I remember that um, it's always more exciting to watch someone just have the idea instead of carry out a formulated plan. Could you demonstrate for the folks at home what it would be like if you just had the idea to answer questions? It's it's a highly visible, visible... I think you could do it with a sharp intake of breath or maybe a vocal inflection. Well, then how about you do it? Okay, I'll do it like this. That felt so dumb. I didn't even get halfway through that before. That felt so stupid. All right. Well, let's get on with it, dear. Okay. So we're going to take, uh, and you know what? Also, to be clear, some of these questions might have been about stuff we covered before or stuff that we'll cover in the future, but this is kind of like a rapid fire uh, catch all question episode. Our first question comes from Katie. If you RSVP yes to a wedding or baptism invite and then later find out that you cannot attend due to personal reasons or illness, what is the proper etiquette in letting the people planning know and how late notice is too late? Um, I think that in the case of an illness, those things usually happen quite suddenly anyway. Um, So the best thing that you can do is uh, contact the host And you need to speak with them. You need to put your mouth into their ears and tell them physically. I don't think that a text is appropriate. I don't think that a uh, an email is appropriate. All those things. Is that because you want confirmation that they know? Okay. Yes, you need to be sure that they have gotten the message. So it doesn't have to be face to face, but it does have to be your voice in their ear. Let me. Okay. So in regards to illness. And uh, you are correct. But I could also see where someone might say, like, I'm starting to feel a little under the weather, but I'm going to try to power through. Should you let them know as soon as you start to feel ill or wait to the last minute and hope that you feel better? I believe you should um, notify them as soon as you feel feel ill, because odds are it's going to get worse. Yeah. Um, And. You don't want to wait until like an hour beforehand where they may not be available for you to speak to them. 
That's true. And you can always say, like, I'm still going to try to make it, but I want you to know that there's a possibility I won't be able to. The more information you can give anybody planning an event, the better. Right. But speaking of an hour beforehand, how late is too late notice? I mean, at a certain point, if you can't make it, you can't make it. Exactly. If you're in a car accident and your car is totaled, then you can't make it to the thing. You can't make it. But... Is there a certain point where, for example, illness or like something coming up where it's like, I can't cancel, it's too late? Um, I don't I don't know. I can't think of a specific example where that would happen, but I do see an example where you may be expected to pay for your place anyway, even if you can't attend. Um, if it is something where it's a everyone is paying for their plate at a restaurant, for example, um, you may be expected to contribute even though you didn't participate. Uh, our next question comes from Dan. Uh, Dan asks, meeting your significant other's parents, are flowers and or food items always acceptable? Um, I really do think that flowers and food are, are acceptable things. Um, I would try and stay away from anything too personal because you don't really know them yet. Um, you don't want to get them like a framed photo of yourself yeah. with like future son-in-law or something across the bottom of it? Probably not. Maybe not that one. Got Maybe it. not that got one. Got it, got it, got it. Um, but if you wanted to get them a box of chocolates, nearly everyone enjoys chocolates. And, and you, you can always ask your partner too, like, hey, exactly. if I wanted to get him something, what should I get? You should con- you should talk to your partner about food allergies or uh, flower allergies if that's what you want to give to them. I know my mother is allergic to lilies, so we don't give her lilies because she can't enjoy them. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly, but there are plenty of other flowers. There are lots of food. Um, if you know their um, their taste in books, uh, books are also acceptable. Is there ever a risk, though, of seeming like you're working too hard? Um, I don't think that you should arrive with more than one gift. I think that that does kind of send the signals of love me, love me, love me, love me without giving them the chance to make that uh, decision for themselves. But I think it's a wonderful idea to bring something to meeting your SO's parents. And and the thing is, really, what we're talking about is like the first immediate reaction of like, right. I brought you something here. You then still have the rest of the encounter to establish who you are, your relationship with them, and begin some kind of like interaction with them. Right. Um, you're just really working on first impression. Might I suggest that if they imbibe, that you bring a bottle of wine and open it? Because that usually softens things a little bit. Yeah, I always appreciate it. Don't get sloppy drunk in front of your significant other's uh, parents for the first time, though. That's never a good way to go. But if you have a single bottle of wine and all four of you are sharing it, I think that is perfect. In general, do you have any advice about like conversation with your significant other's uh, folks for the first time? I think humor is always a great idea. Um, I think Tasteful humor. Tasteful humor, yes. Childhood stories uh, are usually family favorites. Um, I would try and steer away from current political climates or um, or religious discussions, just because although these are things that you will eventually want to get to know about uh, about that family, um, that's something that's better saved for when you know them just a little better. The big three no-nos, money, religion, and politics. <laughs> Um, yeah, in general, be yourself. Don't work too hard. That's the thing. I, I've I've seen it too often with my friends where they are hanging out with their significant other's family and they're working so hard. It's just like dating. 
Think about it that way. Of like, if you're working hard, the other person's going to be exhausted watching you try to impress them. But if you're just yourself and you're charming and you're the best you that you can be because you're being yourself, people like that. People like when you're at ease, it puts them at ease. That's what Dale Carnegie would tell you. (laughs) Oh, we should talk more about Dale Carnegie. We talk a lot about Miss Manners and Emily Post. We need to rope old Dale into there, too. Winning friends and influencing people. I'll work on it. Okay. Uh, This next question is from Cassie. I am leaving my job to go back to school for a new program. I'm very excited. But my question is, how can I thank the people at my work for the time that I've worked with them? In office settings, food is generally very welcomed. (laughs) Especially shareable food. That's what I mean. Um, If there is a local bakery, a box of baked goods, or um, I know that that Max Fun HQ loves those donuts. They get donuts a lot. Uh, Shareable food is definitely one of the ways that you can go. I have also seen people give out thank you notes, just uh, individual thank you notes, one or two lines of how much you enjoyed your interaction with them. Because um, it's the thought, right? right? Like that you did anything at all will resonate. I don't think you need to overthink it and get too extravagant with it. Exactly. Um, so we talked, you mentioned political climate earlier. This question is from Bell. How do you politely decline to engage in political discussion in an inappropriate situations, say at work or with people whose views you find problematic? This is becoming more difficult these days. God knows that is true. Right. This is hard. And, and even, even in a political climate that isn't as charged as the one we currently find ourselves in. Politics are generally difficult to discuss. With politics, money, religion. Yeah, without someone getting hurt, or um, people tra- tend to bring a lot of uh, of passion to the debate, and they may or may not have any kind of factual things to back them up, and so we get offended easily they might also be bringing baggage they might be having a debate with you that they actually are having with someone else that they talked to a year ago yeah and now they're taking it out on you and you just mentioned casually something i think uh, it's tricky i remember i worked uh with someone at one of my many retail jobs where we were having some casual conversation it was i believe in 2008 um and like someone Walking by, like, mentioned Barack Obama, and suddenly I was trapped in a conversation with this person I worked with in which they were vehemently attacking Barack Obama. And I was left wondering, like, should I, do I, should I say something in defense of the person that I support? Should I walk away? Should I just agree with them to escape? What should I do? Well, I, it also didn't help that they were my boss. Well, hmm. I, I think that it is always appropriate to remind people that one of your rights as an American citizen is to keep your ballot private. Um, So if they want to talk about politics, you're welcome to say, this is kind of a private thing for me. Um, I'm glad that you are so politically involved, but I'd like to talk about something else. Is there a risk of saying something like, I'd prefer not to discuss politics and seeming, uh, you know, disconnected, seeming a little bit rude? Or is that like, no, that's the appropriate response and that's the polite thing to do? Just say simple. I think that is, as long as you're, you're not being um, 
you know, mean about it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to shut people down like that in a, in a very like formal way. You can just say, for me, it's not something I'm comfortable discussing. Keep it very personal to you and keep it away from the other people. Like, I don't want to talk to you people about that. That's, that starts getting things as a little, a little more heated. But if you keep it to yourself in the way of, that's not something I'm comfortable discussing right now, or I have a lot more research to do, or I appreciate your input, but I'm not looking for political advice. Any of that stuff, I think, is is a good idea. And in general, I mean, if you're going into an event, like maybe you and your friends are going out for a nice dinner, say ahead of time. Just be like, hey, heads up, everyone. I want to keep tonight light and fun, and we're having fun tonight. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about all the terrible things happening in the news tonight is about just us having fun together and nip it in the bud. I'm not I'm not sure if I agree with that because that kind of paints the conversation as these are the things we're not going to talk about. Um Whereas, oh, I, I meant specifically if there's a friend in your group who always brings it up. <laughs> I would suggest that you go to that friend personally. Um, instead of announcing it in front of the group, it's a little less embarrassing that way, especially if they know that you're talking about them. Yes, I, I, I guess it's just more of a thing of if you're trying to... I mean, I was talking with a guy the other day who was telling me that he went to a family like reunion thing, and beforehand, like everybody agreed, like they all have different political views and they weren't going to bring any of them up. Um, so to each his own, I mean, play <laughs> it by ear. If it works for your friend group, whatever. But I think that you are right that if you're stuck in a situation in which maybe it comes up spontaneously, that you can just politely decline. Right. And, and like I said, really try and keep it about you instead of telling the other people what, what it is that you don't want to talk about. Um, you can just say, I'm not comfortable discussing this right now and and move on. This question is from Ayla. Putting in eye drops or contacts while you're at the table, yes or no? I always thought it was rude and unsanitary. Oh boy. So, contacts? Hmm. Contact? Um, Who does that? I suppose there are emergency situations where you may find yourself in pain and requiring eye drops. If it's not so much of an emergency that you can still see and move about, I think that it needs to be taken to the restroom. Um, there are so many things that can happen. You can drop your contact in your food. Um, and, you know, just like we talked about, no one can really help if they need to sneeze. That's kind of a spontaneous thing. But if you need to blow your nose, you need to wipe your face, that kind of stuff is best done away from the table, I think. So you should just excuse yourself that's at the table. What about just like in conversation? If you're just like standing around talking to people, make conversation. Is it cool to like whip out some eye drops and drop them in your eyes while you're still talking? Um, I think it's a, it's a little better on the, on the hierarchy scale. It's a little better if there isn't food involved. Um, and eye drops, Eye drops I could see could be a little, could be less obtrusive um, because it's just a blip and a blip and you're done, especially if you are practiced. Um, if you are not practiced or you need to fiddle with your contacts, I really do think you need to excuse yourself and use the restroom or, or another room. 
I learned this when I used to wear contacts. There are people who will get very disturbed watching you touch your own eyeball. Yeah. So keep that in mind before you just shove a finger into your eye. There will be people who are very sickened by it. Kind of goopy. Uh, this next question is from Mona. What's the etiquette of that thing where you have a guest over and they bring a cake or something? Are you supposed to serve it then or have something else to serve when expecting company? Um, I believe that if you are expecting company, you always should have something to serve. Um, but if in that example where there was cake, um, I think that you should feel free to to serve it. Um if you don't have a dessert planned, that's a great thing. Uh, if you if you do have a dessert planned and you'd rather have the cake, why not, right? But I, I also don't think that you should feel obligated to serve it. Um, hopefully, it came in some sort of packaging that your guests are not expecting to take with them. Um, but if, even if it did, if it came in some kind of cake server, you can get it back to them later. Um it's it's always wonderful to bring something extra to to uh it seems like maybe this is like a dinner party if they're bringing cake i'm not quite sure um it's always great to bring something extra but i don't think that you should feel obligated to serve it it's a good thing to keep in mind too if you're on the other end of this and someone invites you to a thing tell let them know you're going to bring something right um, because I've been the host numerous times where someone showed up with a thing after I made the thing and one of us didn't have to make the thing if we had just coordinated better. Mm-hmm. And so like, if they're like, Hey, do you want to come over and have dinner tonight and then watch the bachelorette with me? And you say, sure, I'll bring dessert. Done. Perfect. I, I think that it's, it's, it's a little harder in this way when you think about like perishable goods, like a cake that she mentioned. Um, Whereas if you were to bring something like I said earlier, like a box of chocolates, that's something that is a little more shelf stable. So you don't have to worry about serving that right away. Gotcha. Um, with a cake specifically, yes or no. There, there isn't really any etiquette about you serving it right away. Gotcha. Um, this question is from Marini on Twitter. I'm moving into a new apartment. Should I introduce myself to my neighbors? This is a little bit of a difficult one for me um, because times have changed in recent years and and generationally, I think it's it's very different. Um, whereas when we were growing up, when our when our parents were growing up, the baby boomer generation, um, it was customary to, Introduce yourself to your neighbors and bring over cookies or or other things like that. But I feel like in our millennial generation, especially, we've become a little more secluded in our, you know, our in RL, as they say. Yes. Um, so it's a little more difficult to meet your neighbors. Um, I would suggest that you be open to meeting them when they organically appear. So don't feel pressured to go to everyone's home in your neighborhood and introduce yourself and bring cookies. But if someone is out walking their dog and you've seen them go into the building next to yours, go ahead and say hi and introduce yourself and say, oh, I think we live we live close to each other. What's your dog's name? You know, that kind of stuff. Got it. And I believe that your brother Justin has a has a 
a take on this. Didn't you guys once do um, a Bim Bam advice where he said, no, leave me alone? <laughs> yeah, I think that has it. That's, that's the thing. I think what it comes down to is what type of person are you? If, if, if your natural inclination is to do that thing, you should do it. You shouldn't. That's who you are. But like, if you don't want to have a relationship with your neighbors, don't. Like, as you said, in this day and age, our neighborhoods are what we make them. Maybe it's our friends in town. Maybe it's people we talk to on Twitter. But our neighborhoods don't just have to be the people next door to us anymore. So if you don't want that to be your neighborhood, don't make that your neighborhood. Because otherwise, you might end up having to talk to people all the time that you don't actually want to talk to. That's who I am. I don't like small talk. I don't want to talk to my neighbors. I'm not keen on that. Now, if I had some super cool, awesome neighbors, sure. But I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. I've said, I've definitely said hello to people who walk by. I mean, we're right by the stairs in our building. So a lot of people walk by our door. Um, and But I, I could tell you their dogs' names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen them enough that I could actually tell you their names. Um, but it's a sometimes it's just enough to have a friendly smile and say hello. This question is from Sean. How do I politely tell the bagger at the grocery store that I don't need them to use so many bags? I've bought five items and walked out with six bags before. Sean, that mathematically doesn't make sense. Maybe one was double bagged? Maybe. Were you buying cannonballs? <laughs> this question was very interesting to me. Um, living in California, we pay for each one of the bags that we receive at the grocery store. So if I don't pay for it, if I don't pay for it, I'm not going to get that many bags. And the bagger will try and fit as much as they can into the bags that I have paid for. Which is the way it should be to make it easier to trans back, transport back from your car in one trip. You need as few bags, as much stuff in each bag. <laughs> Pain does not matter. You just have to get the bags back quickly and in one trip. This is an ongoing fight between Travis and I. I believe in the multiple easy trips. And I believe that you're secretly impressed when I make it back with one trip. Sometimes I'm horrified. Well, horrification is very close to impressed, <laughs> I think, in, in the human mind. Um, I, I think, is there something to be said of just asking, of just saying, like, I'd like as few bags as possible? Or does that broach into telling someone how to do their job? I think it is just it's just fine to request two bags, one for each hand, and that's that's manageable. I've just I've hit on the best solution. To oh, this. you have? Yes. What is it? Bring your own reusable bags. Oh, see, that's a great idea. And then you only have the couple bags, and, and you say, "I'd like to use my bags, please." Yeah, that's a great idea. I've done it. I <laughs> solved manners. You've cracked the code. Now, at 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 smaller stores like. Um, pharmacies and drugstores and things like that i do believe that they still use even in california the the very thin plasticky bags um and hopefully you know in a nice way i think that it's all right to request as few bags as possible um i know that grocery stores often want to separate your food goods from your non-food goods so i think two is a good number so you can have one of those bags and one of these bags. Uh, we're going to be back with more answers to more of your questions. But first, here's a word from some other Max Fun shows. Hello, I'm 
Otaku, the elven magician. Merle Highchurch here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnside, the fighter. Did you guys like that? Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for the Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. (laughs) You can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every Tuesday, we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, a show about all the dumb, weird, terrible ways that we've tried to fix each other over the years. You know, some light summer listening. Maybe you want to hear about yogurt enemas or why we tried to eat mummies for a while or why drinking cholera diarrhea sounded like a good idea. That and so much more is waiting for you every Tuesday right here on the Maximum Fun Network with Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Okay, we're back. Um, this next question comes from what I'm going to choose to pronounce as Leanne. But I don't know if that's correct or not. <laughs> and if I've mispronounced that, I'm so, so sorry. Um, first date etiquette, and side note, we're probably going to do a whole episode on dating. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. First date etiquette, like splitting the check or cost of the movie. I'm uncomfortable allowing someone who is basically a stranger to pay for me, but it always seems to be a problem for the guy. Now, as a guy, I definitely have a take on this. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I um, well, I thought you were going to go first. Oh, um, did I cut you to the quick there? Yeah. Um, I think it's a societal problem. It's not... It's. It, it, I don't know that there's an inherent problem, especially if it's someone worth going on a second date with for whoever pays for whatever. The problem is confusion. Mm -hmm. You have to establish before any kind of check comes or before you get to the cashier to pay for the thing, you have to figure it out ahead of time. Because the confusion that comes from suddenly saying, no, it's fine, I'll pay for myself, in the moment where it's like, no, am I supposed to now insist to pay? Will she, is this a test? What? So if you just say beforehand, like, and I'm the type of person that's more comfortable when everyone pays for themselves. Cool. Now everyone knows where you stand. Everyone knows what's going on. There's no confusion in the situation. Well, in the time I'm going to call BT before Travis. A dark a dark and scary time <laughs> for us all. I I went on a number of dates with a number what? of different gentlemen. You did what? As one should expect to do before they settle down. I didn't go on any dates with gentlemen before you. <laughs> well, you should have because there's some very lovely gentlemen up there out there. Not for me. Um, there's my, only one gentleman for you, baby. Mine's right there. Uh, but one thing that I always liked to do is I liked to do a little bit of a barter deal, right? You trade furs. And- <laughs> no. Where if we were going to a movie, I would say, if you'll get the tickets, I'll get the popcorn. That way, we know what's expected of us, and we each contribute a little bit. Um that that was really one of the things that I enjoyed doing, or like if we were doing movie and dinner, I would say, I'll gladly take the pick up the tickets tonight if you'll pay for dinner. 
that I think that that is a really good way to distribute it evenly in a very friendly way so that everyone understands what their role is. Yeah, I think that kind of clear communication would make it much easier. Because like I said, I think the problem comes from you can't be mad at someone for insisting when you didn't make it clear to them. We talked about this like in the amusement park episode, the difference Mm -hmm. between how you say things. Oh, if you say... I am more comfortable if we each pay for ourselves or I am more comfortable if we take turns paying for things or whatever you want to say. But if you kind of shrug and go, ah, yeah, mm -mm," they might take that as a cue that they are supposed to insist. That is Mm -hmm. an invitation for insisting. But the other side of that is if you do make your intentions clear and you make your feelings clear and they don't respect or listen to that, maybe no second date. Right. Right, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think that's true for everyone. I don't think it's guy and girl, guy, guy, girl, girl, person, person. I think that at the end of the day, anyone who doesn't listen to somebody else on a date and observe their wishes and thoughts in all things, mm-hmm. eh, there might not be a music there. But, yeah. It, hmm, okay, I will say one last thing, okay. and then we'll move on to a question. Okay. Also, as a person who has insisted on paying for a lot of things in my life, There is also a type of person in this world who is just happy to pay for things, that just likes paying for things. I'm one of those people. I like buying stuff for people and paying for stuff for people. Those people especially you have to be especially clear with. Or they, like, my family has always been the type that, like, when the check comes, everyone's trying to sneakily be the first person to put the card into the thing to insist. And we got it from our grandmother, pass it on down to dad, (laughs) pass it on down to us. And so I have witnessed this game. It's it's uh, very interesting. The competitive generosity. Um, you just you need to be honest and direct, and it really clears that whole thing up. And I I think that sometimes when uh, we are using the first date as an example, um, when someone asks you on a date, you can be clued in as to what it is they expect. If they say, "Can I buy you a coffee?" Can I take you out to dinner? Can I treat you to a meal? Can exactly. I Exactly. Any of those things are a good indication that they are expecting to to pay for the evening. Um and like like this uh I'm sorry, what was the name? Leanne. Like Leanne said. I uh, assume. <laughs> if you are uncomfortable with that, then you can do a little bit of bartering with that. But do that up front. Establish up front what you're gonna do. Like exactly. when you're plan in the planning phase. Say like, well, I I'd prefer if we just split dinner, but I'd love to spend some time with you. Or, sure, I'll, I'll go with you to dinner, but after dinner drinks are on me. Right. Any of that stuff, I think it's great. Make a plan. Plans are great. Travis loves plans. I love plans. <laughs> it just saves everyone from confusion. Travis loves to plan, and I love to let him plan. It's great. <laughs> it's it's the best it could be. Because honestly, in all dating, we'll talk about this big uh, confusion in any social interaction. I think is like is such a fun killer. Where suddenly, like someone isn't clued into what's going on. Right. No one likes that feeling. I think that's what kind of breeds the awkwardness in a lot of these social situations is the confusion and not knowing what to do. But if if you're all, you know, open and honest communication, even in even in the nice way of my little barter system, I think that it can make it more enjoyable for everyone. This question is from Kelly. How to talk about money in your work environment or in general? How do you politely ask for a raise? How do you ask your coworkers what they make so you know if you're getting paid the same? 
Wow, that's a that's a lot of questions and one a lot question. going on there. Um, so I'm gonna try and break it down the best I can. Um, so as far as talking about money in a work environment specifically, there are laws that protect people um, as far as discussing your wage. So it doesn't. I you need to look it up for your state. Uh, I know in some states it doesn't protect government workers, but usually government worker salaries are public information. Um, and in some states it doesn't protect supervisors. Um, but the law does protect you when you want to speak about wage gaps and, and other things with people of your peer group in your work area. There are also a lot of company, I would say, code of conducts that discourage this kind of behavior. Um, they can't fire you over it, I will say, because the law is on your side in most states. Um, but I would suggest that if you're going to speak to your coworkers about your wages, that you take it off site. So instead of doing it in like the break room around the water cooler, that, that feels like a very television place that people go. To, to talk in workplaces, right? Um, you should do it after work at a, at a neutral site. You should also uh, respect someone if they are not comfortable discussing it with you and decline to tell you how much they make. You should not press the, press the issue. Though I will say in this day and age, especially as we uh, work more and more for wage equality, there is a big movement to be more open about discussing the amount you make because a lot of that uh, uh, secrecy over it keeps people from realizing that they are being underpaid. Right. And I think that that's a, that's a good way to approach it. And um, if you want to ask people about how much they, they make, you can go about it and say, I'm very curious as to what your wage is. I feel that I may not be compensated fairly. So talking about it back on you, again, I think is a better idea than saying, how much do you make? I think you make more than me. Yeah, and you should also be aware that like that can also come down to, have they been with the company longer than you? Do what is their job responsibilities the exact same as yours? But if you're not comfortable talking to your coworkers about it, there are also lots of really great uh, web resources where you can find the average expected wage for different positions. Right. And I think that you should be prepared for those kind of discussions when you take that information you found to your boss and say, I, I would like a raise. I feel... Like I am not. I'm going to interject real quick and say you should say I believe I deserve a raise uh, and not I would like a raise because that makes it sound like they're doing a favor for you. That's a great that good work, honey. Appreciate Thank you. that. Um, I feel I deserve a raise for uh, the work that I am doing. My peers receive this much, and I would like to receive at least that much. So, like you said, you need to be prepared to be met with your uh, with the boss saying, well, you do different things than they do. They've been with the company longer. There's reason A, B, and C why you don't receive that right wage. You, um, should, you should also be ready to, anytime, I have been on both sides of this many, many times. Anytime you discuss a raise, you should 
if you have taken on new responsibilities or if you've taken on new duties or anything like that, or if it's just been a significant amount of time and you need a cost of living adjustment, you should have all of that ready to discuss when you come into it. Like since our last wage discussion, I've since started doing this for the company and this for the company and this for the company, and I deserve to be compensated for the extra amount of time that I'm now putting in, or be able to go in and say, for this raise, I would be willing to take on such responsibility and this responsibility and this responsibility for the company because I, you know, am ready to commit more time in exchange for more compensation because that is how work works. <laughs> and again, I think it's very important that you continue to focus on yourself and not talk about if you have discussed your wage with your your the other workers talk about, well, Jimmy gets this much and I've been here 10 years longer than him. That never looks good. It puts people on edge. Uh, if you would like to cite that sort of thing, you can say, uh, it is my understanding that several employees do lack my seniority and they are making significantly more than I am. I believe I deserve to have my seniority reflected in my wage. Um, there's also two bits of advice as someone who has both asked for lots of raises and been asked for raises. One, really take stock of the quality of your work of late, maybe the last three or four months, and ask yourself, am I going to walk into this office and ask for a raise and have him go, why would I do that? You've really been slacking for the last four months. Yes. And secondly... When you go in, maybe as a backdoor way of bringing it up and discussing it, maybe request some kind of review of your perform. If you know you've really been bringing it and like your performance has been great for the last six months, maybe say like, you know what? I feel like I, I've I've really been growing with the company, but I still feel like I have so much more to improve upon and I really see a future working here. Is there any way I could get any some sort of review or like a quarterly, you know, a discussion about how I'm doing, which is a really great door to walk through into a raise discussion. That sounds like a great idea. Like I said, I've asked for lots of raises. <laughs> I really like money. <laughs> but in all things, never be afraid to be to ask to be compensated for your work. Right. And I think that if you approach it in a very calm and um, honest and fair manner, there's no one who's going to kick you out of their office. Uh, this last question is from Sandy. What do you think about saying bless you when someone sneezes? Growing up, it was considered a normal politeness both at home and at the Catholic school I attended K through 12. However, in the wider secular world, I worry bless you may feel like an unwanted religious uh, religiousness to some. I often don't say anything after someone I don't know sneezes, but I don't know if my silence is itself rude. I don't think that anyone is upset if you don't say anything. There are plenty of people who don't say anything. There are lots of cultures that don't say anything. If you don't want to say something, then don't say something. But if you're looking for an alternative, may I suggest Gesundheit. Yeah, but also at the same time, I, I'll be, uh, I, I would consider myself a pretty secular person. Anyone who gets mad at you for saying bless you when they sneeze is not someone whose opinion you need to worry about. I, I, that's why I'm not the etiquette expert on the show. But the fact of the matter is, is like, if you're not saying bless you, and now let me give you a 35 minute sermon about your sins, 
You're just saying bless you and moving on with your life. I, I think I, you shouldn't feel bad about I it. I appreciate how conscientious um, you feel about stepping on people's religious toes. I think that that is an admirable thing. Um, but I also think that if you would like to say something, you should say something. Like like uh, this asker said, if they are worried about bless you being a thing, here's some great information about Gesundheit. Um, it comes from Germany, obviously. Um, it comes from the word gesund, which means healthy, and the suffix height, which means hood. So literally wishing you healthy hood. Oh, okay. Not like you're wearing a healthy hood, but like, <laughs> or like a sneeze garden. Right, okay, right. Okay, got but it. it. It's, it's wishing you healthy, healthy. A state life. of healthiness. state of healthiness, exactly. It, it is believed that Gesundheit entered the English language sometime in the early 20th century as Germans began, began to migrate to English-speaking countries. Um, other words in our language that are, that are straight from the German is kindergarten, doppelganger, poltergeist, and noodle. And bratwurst, but that's uh, well, just my yes. favorite. <laughs> and bratwurst. Um, but like I said, there are several cultures that don't say anything. Um, in parts of Japan and southern China, usually nothing is said in response to a sneeze because the sneeze superstition is that when you sneeze, it means someone is talking about you. Oh, so it's I see. like the idea that your ears are burning here uh -huh. in America. Uh, it's that someone is talking about you. So it doesn't, it doesn't carry any of the health connotations. Um, whereas in Norwegian, you say prosit, which means to your health. In Albanian, you'll say shendit. In Finnish, it's oh goodness, you <laughs> I can should do have it. practiced this one. Tervideski, which Nailed also it. means for health. So you know there are lots of healthy things that you can say for people, but in the United States, we we can also say gesundheit because it's become part of our own language. You can also say if you don't want to say bless you or gesundheit, you can also say keep that to yourself. <laughs> no. Don't. That's disgusting. You should be ashamed. You should, you How should. dare you? I don't think you should say that. Sleeve it, you monster. It is appropriate to sneeze into your elbow. We learned about that on Sesame Street. Yes, we did. I think we're going to wrap up there. Thank you for joining us for our first etiquette catch-all. Um, we'll do more of these in the future. So start thinking of your random uh, Schmanners questions now. You should follow us on Twitter, at SchmannersCast. S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. -N -N -E Occasionally someone tries to throw a C in there. There's no C that in there. That doesn't get to us. It's like manners, schmanners. Get it? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Not schmanners. That's my line. Oh, we'll get to there. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group. Just search schmanners on Facebook. Um, we want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting our show along with a bunch of other really wonderful shows. Um, I'm so excited. I can't believe I almost forgot. Um, the McRoy's have put out. So if you've ever played the game Monikers, it's a card game that you play with your friends where you try to guess uh, the names or things on the cards. You know, a pretty straightforward party game. Mm -hmm. um, well, we've made a McElroy expansion for the card game monikers. That's all about the McElroys and McElroy shows. There's Schmanner's questions in there. And there's also My Brother, My Brother, and Me Adventure Zone. Can I pay your dot? My Brother, My Brother, and Me Adventure Zone, Sawbones, a bunch of other ones. Um, and it could be yours for only $10. 
Um, if you're interested, go check it out at McElroyCollection.com. You can get the expansion for $10, uh, or you can get a bundle of the original game and the expansion for only $35. We're doing a pre-order, and that pre-order ends July 30th, and after that, it won't be available as far as we know. It's possible if it's super popular, we'll eventually do another run of it, but right now we have no plans to do it. So if you're interested in getting it, get it now, McElroyCollection.com. Before we go, I'd like to send out some some thank you notes into the internet here. Um, these are some things that some of them have been specifically Schmanners related, but some of them have just been McElroy gifts, which we appreciate. Um, we received some Schmanners tea from Allison. Thank you very much. Um, we got a letter from Alyssa, and they drew us some very cute Pokemon. Um, we got a horse card from Kentucky. I don't recall if there was a name on it, but it was a very fun horse card. We often receive horse-related things um, because of it's a whole thing. I'm like, I don't, I couldn't even start to explain it. <laughs> um, Chantal Brenna sent us a handmade sweater with Space Invaders on it for our upcoming progeny. Um, it's very cute, and I really do appreciate that. And she and uh, they included washing instructions. Thank you very much. Uh, for future gifts, we can go ahead and say, it's a girl. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is a girl. Um, we very much enjoyed the Australian treats sent to us from Jess Alexandro and also some instructions on how to enjoy them the Australian way. Thank how to make fairy much. bread. Yeah. And then uh, we just received a Viking hat, a very cute little um, hat with horns. From Becky Travis, thank you so much for all of these things. We really do. It's for the baby. That's not for us. Right? You didn't make that clear. It's not a weird (laughs) hat for us. It's a hat for the baby. Yes, Uh, we really do appreciate all of the things you do and and think about us. We really do appreciate that. Um, If you're interested in sending us anything, um, we do have the PO box. PO box is PO box nine zero nine, Van Nuys, California nine one four zero eight. That is. Not going to be forever. We're uh, making a move back to Cincinnati here at the end of August uh, with the baby on the way. Both of our families are much, much closer in Ohio. And so uh, we're planning to make the move back there at the end of August. But for the time being, P.O. Box away. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. What else? Do you have any other thank yous, my love? As always, I want to thank Brent Brentelfoss Black for our... um, intro and outro and that wonderful ringtone that he made for us which is available on itunes and kayla m wassell for our banner and thumbnail art and all the beautiful things that show us off to the world i think that's gonna do it for us join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners. get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.